0: Alright, so what's up, Sword of Church? How are you guys doing this evening? Good, good. My name is Stephen. For those of you who don't know who I am, as Danny said, um, and I'm going to be sharing with you what an awesome um, privilege it is to uh, share God's Word with you guys today. Um, as Danny had mentioned, we're in this phenomenal series, uh, wrapping up this mini-series on passing the test. Um, thank you for that. Uh, and so, what we're doing today is we're going to conclude that, but before I go into it today, what I want to do is I want to open us up in prayer, um, and I first want to pray for myself. I'm going to ask that you guys pray for me as we pray, that everything that I say today, all the words that come out of my mouth, will give all of our attention, all of our praise in one direction, upward. And I also want to pray for you guys. Um, as we said, we've been in a uh, very difficult series. Um, it's never easy when we sit up, stand up here, and we discuss testing and trials and obstacles that we all face in life, right? And so it's never an easy thing to uh, speak about, and so I want to pray for us today, I want to pray for myself, I want to pray for you, uh, because as we said, trials, obstacles, they're coming. They're here, they will come, and we'll continue to be facing them until our Lord comes. And so pray for me, pray with me right now as we go go into our time of prayer. So wherever you got, just bow your heads and let's just pray. Father, oh God, what an awesome and amazing privilege we have to pray. God, to... To, to, to communicate with you, Lord, to, to, to cast out burdens, to lay things down, God, to, to come and to speak to a living God. Father, what an amazing privilege it is, Lord. And so, Father, before we even begin today, Lord, God, I'm with my brothers and my sisters here, Lord, I want to pray that, God, you will speak through me, Lord. God, I want to pray, Lord, that everything I say, God, will be pleasing to you, Father. And, Lord, I want to pray that, God, what I don't speak, what I speak that's not of your will, Lord, I pray that you would quickly kill it all, Father. God, because I want my words. God, we want everything that is spoken today to bring us life, Lord. God, to bring you glory. So, God, move and speak through me, Father. And, God, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters here. God, Lord, we all face trials, Father. And I don't know, but you know, God. There might be someone right now sitting who's going through this, this extremely difficult circumstance in their life, God. May it be a sickness, so, God an illness in their family, Lord, God. Maybe it's a financial struggle, God. Maybe it's, Father, a relationship issue, God. Maybe, Lord, it's just stress, Father, God. We live in New York City. God, the ongoing stress and obstacles that we face day to day, Father. God, you know every issue, every obstacle, every test that we are facing here in this room today, God. And, Lord, you even know what we're going to go through tomorrow and day after, Father. So, God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would speak and move through us, Lord, and speak to us, Father. That, God, we were leaving here encouraged, Father. We were leaving here, God, lifted, Father, ready to face and, to, ch- and to, to go forward, Lord, in every obstacle and challenge that life will throw our way, Father. So, God, be magnified, Lord. We ask all this, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. 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 So, again, for those of you who are just joining us today, um, and if it's your first time, or maybe you missed week one or week two, I want to get us all together. I think it's important for us to stay on the same page today. So, as I said, we're in week three of what's a three-week series, and we've been going through the book of James together. Now, James is writing this letter to the, Jer- the church in Jerusalem, but we said that, that even though he's writing to the church in Jerusalem, we know that everything he's writing in this letter applies to each and every one of us today. Right? We said that we all know that no matter what it is that we're going through, no matter our economic status, no matter our race, no matter our gender, no matter our education le- uh, uh, level, no matter whether we're short, tall, all right, the one thing that's going to unite us all is that we're going to have challenges in life. And so this series, we're calling it Passing the Test. And the test is just that, the test of life. Okay? And so we've already established that no one here can escape that fact that we're going to face challenges, and we're going to go through it in different ways. And some of us struggle in different ways, and some of us handle them in different ways. But we've been saying, what is James talking about? As a believer, as the church, are we to handle our obstacles and our tests and our trials in the very same way that the world is handling them? So James is addressing that, and he's saying, hey, if you are a believer, meaning you say Jesus is your Savior, meaning you live under his Lordship, okay? are you then to go through life in, in, in the same exact way as the world? And now get me, brothers and sisters, we're, 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 we're here in the, in the flesh, right? We, chat, we go through the challenges, and we're going to struggle, and we're never going to be perfect. But what is James saying to us? Are, are we, do we have any advantage? If so, what is it that God has given us? that the world does not have? How is it different for us? So in week one, Danny, man, knocked it out of the ballpark week one and week two. I really enjoyed both weeks. In week one, he said the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to change the way we first uh, look at our struggles. Because we're going to struggle, but how are we going to look at it? We're going to change the way we look at our struggles. He said in James 1 verse 2, it challenges us this with this. And I'm going to read it straight from my, from, from my Bible here. So it's James verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And he's speaking to the church. And we know that because he says, he says what? He says brothers and sisters. And he says, Count it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when? So we already established it's not a matter of if. It's when you're going to face many trials of many different kinds. And he said we find joy in it because we understand that biblical joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Rather, that it is a direct byproduct of God's perfect hope and peace. We then said in week one that we understand that our struggles will produce in us maturity, James 2 verse 4. We said in week one that, again, it, it, we understand that we're going we're to look, look at it differently. We're going to consider it pure joy in week two, that we understand our struggles will produce in us uh, maturity. And then lastly, last, uh, week th- uh, point three in week one was that we would, uh, we would be reminded that our, we have an eternal reward, Reward, James 1, verse 12. That through perseverance as we endure trials, we have the assurance of the great reward that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. And then last week, catching us up, we looked at how we will be patient in the midst of struggles. That we would be patient in the midst of struggles. And we said that the temptation is that when we're going through a struggle in life, it's to sort of microwave the time. Sort of let it zoom past us, right? Like how many of you saw the movie with Adam Sandler clip? Right? Sort of that idea that we wish we had that remote control in our hands at all times. That if life is sweet right now, we're going to hit that pause button with a little slow-mo and we're going we're gonna to enjoy the ride. Right? But when life is stinking, we're going to immediately hit fast forward, or better yet, some of the remote controls just had to all just skip all the way to the next chapter, right? We said we wish we could do that in life, but James is saying what? He's saying, hey, be patient in the midst of suffering. You're called to be patient. Why? What did we discuss last week? He said we're, we're patient because we're patient in knowing that our Lord is coming, and that should bring, brothers and sisters, you and I, some great comfort. And knowing that we can go through our struggles, that the Lord is coming. That our struggles will not last us forever. That our struggles will not go with us when our Lord comes here home. That when he takes us up, every tear that we've cried, every pain that we experience, every loss that we go through in our lives and our family, every bit of suffering that we endure in this earth will not be forever. Amen. And so we will be patient. And and this is difficult. And I think Danny did a great job last week. Understand, brothers, this this is difficult. But James is saying, as a believer, man, you know that the Lord is coming, be patient in your suffering, knowing that Jesus has come that no more pain, no more suffering, once He comes home, it comes back and brings us home. Amen. And today today we're going to be speaking about the incredible weapon we have in prayer. James references prayer throughout the letter, which Once you're reading a book and you see a common theme, it's telling you what? Saying, hey, this is important. This is important. So James is constantly referencing prayer. And as I was preparing to speak to you guys today, I reflected on my own prayer life. You see, because I can't come up here and speak to you. I can't come up here and share and not allow the word of God to really work in my life. I cannot stand before you and say, hey, I didn't really struggle with this this week. I struggled with this this week. I asked my wife, I, I examined my prayer life. And I examined the prayer life of those who've, around me, those who've had such great impact in my life. And as I began to look through it, my life and, and the lives of those who impacted my life, I even went through some journals, and I'm going to share with you guys a journal entry. Uh, and I began to realize that in, this, in times of pain and struggles, in times where things were going really bad for, my, for myself and for my wife, that it was in those times that I would go deeper in prayer. And I began to realize that, man, life is hard. As I'm examining prayer, like it's, I, I realized that, man, you know, what, as much as I would like to stand before you and say that majority of my prayers have been like, "God has done this and that has and always answered, and, and everything was great." I've noticed that there are lots of times, and I'm only 29 years old that I've gone through lots of struggles in my life in my life. And I realized that life is a battle, and life is war. And that's when I said, "Hey, I can't join, I can't talk to Swerve Church. I can't talk to my brothers and sisters about prayer. If I'm not going to stress that life is war we got to get that. If we're going to talk about prayer at all, we have to talk about war. We can agree that life is a battle, can't we? We can agree that life is war. It's all over scripture. And I put some up here for you guys. It's all over uh, uh, scripture. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 3 to 4, it's up here for you. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not, what? Waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. See, this, the, see the language here. We're War. We're, in, we're, we're engaging in war. We have weapons of warfare. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take, st- take your stand against the devil's schemes. Put on a full armor of God. 1 Timothy uh, chapter six, verse twelve, and I'm just going to take the first. Thing. Fight the good fight of the faith. He's saying you're, you're fighting, you're fighting. Continue to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy six, chapter, uh, chapter six, verse twelve. Psalm eighteen, verse thirty-nine. For you have girded me with the strength, with strength for battle. Brothers and sisters, we are in battle, and we can go through many more scriptures, and I'll say them for you: Mark uh, chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. First, Thessalonians chapter three, verse five. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses three to five. Second Timothy. And I'm going to keep on. We can go on and on, but ultimately, what's the point here? Is that we must understand that life is war, and because life is war, we're going to land at point one for us today. And so if you're taking notes, it's in your bulletin where you can go ahead and mark up your bulletin. This is for you. We mention it every week. Man, I have encourage every week to go through um, the bulletins. I encourage you to do the same. Because, again, life is war and battle. It's going to go on tomorrow. And so it's good to reflect back on what, you, what we discussed here. So point one, because life is war, when we're going through times of struggles, when we're going through times of pain, we will pray. Simple. We will pray. Because listen to me, brothers and sisters. When you're going through that valley and you're not a praying person, and, you call, and you're a believer, man, you're going to struggle, and you, I, I, you, you probably will not make it, because you'll be a lost soldier. You see, what is prayer, man? Prayer is this amazing weapon we have to communicate with our commander. It's a constant communication with our God. You see, Ephesians 6 was talking about putting on all of our armor, right? But if you go down in the verses, and I don't have it for you, but if you go look at Ephesians 6, This is why it's good to write in your notes so you can kind of look at it later on. If you look at the entire chapter of uh, Ephesians 6, he goes on. He says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And he says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. See, James is stressing here that prayer is essential in even knowing how we're going to engage in our battle. You can have the sword, you can have this, but if you are not praying at all times, how do you know, brothers and sisters, what, the God, what your commander is calling you to do? See, prayer is this constant communication with our commander. So we will pray. We will pray. And James is saying just that in chapter 5 in our text today. He's saying, if anyone among you, this is in your notes, if anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. He's asking three questions. Is anyone suffering here? What does he say? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? Sing praises. That's another form of prayer. Is anyone among you sick? Call the elders for what? To pray. To pray for you. See, James is asking these questions and he's simple and he says pray straightforward, pray. So if you're in a relationship today and you're suffering in this relationship, whatever it is, a relationship with a with spouse, with a the, with the significant other relationship with a mom, mom or dad, a relationship with a son or a daughter, man, if you're, if you're struggling uh, at work and you're experiencing this overwhelming workload and you're, and you're stressed over it, or you're feeling stressed at home taking care of the children, if you're stressed at school, whatever it is that you're going through, if you're fearful today, about any important decisions that you need to make for your future, what is James saying to you today? He's saying, brothers, sisters, you, you, call, you are a Christian. You have a God that you can speak to. You have access to this God. Pray. It's called prayer. Pray. Pray, brothers and sisters. I want to get a little bit more personal with you today. And uh, I want to share just how much prayer has meant in my life. As I said, I had to examine myself. I had to examine, really, do I pray? What? When have I prayed? How Have I seen God work in the midst of prayer? Is prayer really as powerful as I'm urging you guys? It is as, as James is saying, pray. So what? why pray? And so I'm, I, I ran into two journal entries. And uh, one is mine and one is my wife's, Joanne. Um, and I am sharing it with Joanna's permission, of course. Uh, she's here today, and if I was to share it and she didn't know I was sharing, I'd be in trouble at home. But um, she knows I'm sharing it. Uh, I got her permission. Um, and the journal entries I wanted to share with you, I actually read her... Her journal entry, I thought it was mine, and I opened it, and um, it was hers. And so anyway, uh, this is very old. They're very old. And in it is dated uh, October 4th, 2010. So I was 23 years old at that time. Uh, Joanne was 24. We were married for two years at the time I wrote this journal entry. And Grace and our oldest daughter was seven months old at the time. And so uh, I was working, just to give you guys a little bit first of uh, context before I read her journal entry. Then I'm going to read from mine as well, I'm not just reading Joanna's journal entry. I'm going to read mine because actually, man, we saw, I saw as reading both our journal entries how I wrote a journal entry that very same day. And you see the, the, the tension, you see the struggle, and you see the prayer that we both prayed in God's answer. So um, I was working for uh, Evangel Christian School, it's a lovely uh, Christian school in Long Island City, if you're familiar with it, um, in Long Island City. Um, I was there was, at the time. It was my first year teaching, I think. Um, you know, Christian school, salary wasn't what it is in, in, in the Board of Ed. Uh, Joanne at the time was not working. Uh, we made the, the decision together that uh, right before she gave birth that she was going to stay home. And she was going to focus in on, on doing her, her job as mom. And I was going to go ahead and, and assist that with her. And we were going to, that, that was our decision. I'm not going to go into that. That's uh, another sermon. But uh, so she was home and so we we're, were on my salary. And uh, as you can probably uh, imagine, it was a struggle for us. So I just want to stop with that. And I'm going to read directly from Joanna's journal entry first. Word for word. And then I'll read mine with her permission, okay? Excuse our grammar. Lately, this is Joanna. Lately we've been going through our toughest storm. We are struggling financially like never before. It is scary and very frustrating God, your word says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you can add a single hour to his life by worrying? She quoted Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 25 to 27. She says, God, your promise is to never leave us or forsake us. God, you amazed us yesterday. As your word is so true. Starting in church, the word Pastor Dave gave. Pastor Dave was our senior pastor. at. Uh, we were attending a church in Staten Island, New Hope Community Church. Right at the moment, when we arrived at church, struck a chord so true to our situation. We were so blessed and surprised when Art, who was an elder at the church, gave Stephen an envelope with money and said it was from the body. $200, we were so touched. Graceland was running low on diapers and we were able to buy some and something to eat without using credit card, which we owed quite a bit. Later on in the day, Stephen's mom gave him $70 because she hit the number (laughs) 7-Eleven. So my mom, yeah, my mom plays lottery and she was really into it. So she hit the lottery. um, $270 in one day. We put whatever was left in the account and lo and behold, I love the language she uses. lo and behold, right? And lo and behold. We didn't have enough money to pay rent. We just gave, them, we just gave Harry, who's our landlord, uh, the check. And thank you, Lord, he didn't cash it because it, it would have bounced. With the money we put in the account that we received today, it was enough to pay the rent. Thank you, Lord. That was Joanna's entry, and I'm just going to go quickly. I'm going to read from mine's date, the same day, um, October. Actually, October, yeah, October 4th, um, October 3rd. Excuse me. How appropriate, dear father. How appropriate is this scripture for me in this season of life? Now, my journal, my journal at the time has these little scriptures on the side, so I'm, I'm talking about that. I'm not going to read the scripture. Uh, how appropriate is this scripture for me in this season of life? Today, I was anxious. I feared how my wife and I were going to eat and where the money was going to come from to buy Graceland and her needed diapers as we were down to five. But as the scripture says, my God cares. This life is hills and valleys, and you remind me that from you and by you, my needs are taken care of. Through the body of Christ at New Hope Community Church, you minister to me today. I know you spoke through Pastor David when he invited fathers who are full of fear and how they will provide for their family. I came down and I wept as my brothers prayed around me. Then as you always provide, I was handed an envelope with $200, and I praise you and I thank you, Father. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, um, this was not a one-time struggle with us. This is an ongoing struggle we had um, for many, many years. And I remember this day clearly. I remember it clearly. I, we were driving down um, towards the church. And at the time, Grayson was hungry. My wife was kind of hungry. And I'm speaking to you as a father and as a husband. At this time, my young daughter seven months years old. And my, we were passing by McDonald's. And, and they were hungry. And I remember telling Joanna, you can't stop. I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry we can't stop. I, we, I, we don't have it right now. But let's trust God and we went to church. And as Joanna wrote, man, Pastor, like spoke right to me. And he said, if you are a father today struggling, come down. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. As I look back at this challenge, which was very challenging, I was reminded of God's faithfulness and the valuable lessons that we learned. You see, instead of grumbling, which we did a lot of, instead of holding in anger, which as again as a father, as a husband, man, just angry and disappointed that I am letting down my wife. How how can I not just stop for McDonald's? How can I not do this? They're hungry. Feeling like like trash, feeling like like I can't support and I can't provide for them. Feeling so low, feeling so angry. But instead of holding in that anger, I was reminded that prayer is powerful. That being open to you to, to praying with one another, with brothers and sisters is powerful. I was reminded that we don't give up. But that struggles come and that we will keep on praying. And we'll keep on praying. As I said, this was not a first time struggle, not the only time. We continue to struggle for many months and years afterwards. And so God was continuing to remind me through that process that as we learned last week, even if we, we are praying for deliverance and we should, and sometimes God will answer those prayers in mighty ways and he will deliver you and, you'll, and, and, and whatever sickness you have, he'll take it away. He can do that, brothers and sisters, believe it. He can do that. But not every time is he going to do that, but what he might do is say, hey, I'm going to produce in you something greater and I'm, gonna, I'm asking you to be patient, as we learned last week, in the midst of your suffering. And so we should pray for patience as well. We should pray for pre, for strength, pray for, pray for strength to endure and keep on and push push forward. And as, as James reminded us, and when things go well, we will sing praises to him, which is just another form of prayer. So, point one was what? When we're facing life's challenges, we'll recognize that life is a war and that we will pray. Even when it feels so heavy, even when life feels Extremely unbearable, what might seem as being unbearable, we will pray. And point number two, as I mentioned briefly, is that we will pray for one another. We will pray for one another. James, in our text, He says this, he says, if anyone among you again is in trouble, anyone suffering, let them pray. If you're sick, what does he say to do? Call the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15 says, and the power and the, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. He's saying what? He's saying call your elders, call your brothers and sisters around you and pray. And that's not something that comes easy for you and I. I mean, what is it that we typically do when we're struggling? What do we normally do? We, at least, especially for the men in the room, honestly. I, I don't know, for me, I, 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 usually it's the men who struggle more with this, when they're struggling, when they're going through something hard, we tend to isolate ourselves. We'll, 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 we'll pretend all things are good. I know for me, I, I struggle with that. I do that all the time. I tend to pretend that things are all good, and I isolate myself. We tend to do that. Some of us are great at that. But what is it that that, that James is saying to do? Is he saying isolate yourself? He says, no, go and pray. Pray with one of the core people around you and pray. Don't allow shame to kick in. Don't allow pride, whatever it is, but pray. Because we're reminded that what? It is not God's plan for you and I to be alone. It's not God's plan for you and I to be alone. God's body should be able to reach out to one another. Swerve church, we should be able to reach out to one another and, 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 and seek support and seek prayer. That's one of the biggest reasons why Danny was up here, and we've been up here every week since life groups kicked off and to urge you to join a life group. Because we are not meant to do life alone. That's not God's plan. But yet when we're struggling with suffering, we tend to do that. we tend to isolate ourselves. But James is reminding us, men, we, we can't do it alone. Come together. Pray with one another, seek support from, from your church, from fellow believers. Church, that's my prayer. Is that you would begin to realize that man, yeah, life is hard, and I'm not gonna do this alone. I'm not, I can't do it alone. And it was difficult for me to go up. Again, as a husband, as a dad, as a man, to go up to the front of the church and say, Yeah, I'm struggling, I'm that father that can't provide for his mom, for his daughter, for his for his wife at this point. That was difficult. I had to be vulnerable. I had to admit it. I had to, to go up and say, listen, I need prayer. But There's no shame in that, brothers and sisters. If we are a body, man, and, and, and just look around us right now. I mean, we need one another. We cannot, we cannot pretend that we got it. We need one another. And that's why life group is so important. We are called to pray for one another. We're called to encourage one another. We're going to lift one another up. We're going to lift our, our burdens together. And that's my prayer for Swerve Church, that we will be a praying body. Some of you are on Facebook, and I've created, we have that Facebook little group. What's the point of that? I mean, it's taking on a whole nother life now, but what's the point of that is, yeah, we're going to share news, what's going on, what's co- taking place next week, uh, important changes like this right now, right, where, hey, we need to let you know we're meeting upstairs. But the point of that as well is that I want to create a space that, man, we can, we can ask for prayer, We can ask one another, hey, what's going on? Is everything all good? I'm praying for you. And that, that, brothers and sisters, is important. To actually let one another know that you're here, I'm praying for you, goes a long way. I know for me it is so encouraging to know that my brother is praying for me. To know that my sister is praying for me. And then to just pray right there, to send the prayer out. Man, these are all different ways we can be praying for one another. Life group. And even on that Facebook Messenger, man, God is strong. God is able. We can pray through Facebook Messenger, and he gets it. He gets it. He gets it, guys. You know, we think of prayer as this, like, formal thing where we have to be in the church building. We have to have the pastor only pray. We have to have, I mean, whatever, everything together. That's all out the window, brothers and sisters. We don't need any of that. It's important to come and gather together, whatever building. But we can pray right over uh, the phone with one another. We can pray through text messages, Facebook messengers one way. where We can just go out there and say, hey, pray for me this week. I'm going through this or I have this coming up. Brothers, can we pray? Sisters, can you pray for me? And then to let one another, yeah, I got you. Man, it's encouraging. So we're called to pray for one another. We're called to pray. Allow that healing to take place. Yeah, when it's vulnerable, when you need to share, but man, God works through prayer. And so pray. When you're going through struggles, we will pray. Point two, we will pray for one another. And in point three, we will pray fervently. We will pray fervently. Let's read this. Verses 17 through 18. James goes on, he says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. See, last week when we were talking about being patient and enduring, uh, James made mention of Job from the Old Testament. And he was talking about, hey, you know, persevere and, and continue to be patient, endure it. And he mentioned Job, and I love this. This week he brings up Elijah. And I absolutely love the way he mentions Elijah. What does he say? He says, Elijah is a human being, as we are. Now if you know who Elijah was in the Old Testament, this is Elijah who uh, challenged the prophets of the false god Baal, right? And he had a face-off with them. And he's Elijah who prays to God and God sends down fire from heaven. And in our text today it says he prayed for it not to rain and it did not. And, and so this is the Elijah that, that, that James is saying is just a man. Elijah prayed and who answered? God answered. And, and, and again, not just a small prayer. When you read James' life, and you read the testimonies, And you're like, man, if I can pray and God sends out fire, dope, right? This is James, but, I mean, this is Elijah, but James is saying, but this is still a man. What is it then about Elijah that made him so different? As he is a testimony for each of us, that when we take our eyes off our own circumstances, and when we push in prayer with passion and intensity, and we don't simply go through the the motions of prayer, but we actually grab hold of the one we are praying to, this almighty God, our creator. And when we pray earnestly, there is great power in prayer. And this great power in prayer does not come from us. It says, Elijah is just a man. He's not saying, hey, if you want God to answer your prayers, become like Elijah. He's not saying, that. he's saying, Elijah is just like you and I. And I find that so encouraging. That he's telling us, he reminds us, while God answered Elijah's prayers in miraculous ways. And God did some great things through Elijah. And, but Elijah was just a man. he's saying, God is the one who brings power in prayer. It is God who answers the prayer. It is God who makes prayer effective. We recognize that it's not, as I was mentioning, not where we pray. It's not the length of our prayers. It's not the, the words that, that come out of our mouth, whether we're using you know, great uh, uh, language and, 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 and biblical terms. It's none of that, brothers and sisters. We are not the main ingredient. Elijah was not the main ingredient in his prayers. He's saying, who was the main ingredient? It's God who hears the prayers of his children and answers his prayer. God is the one who brought the fire. God is the one who brings the power in prayer. And so we're reminded that when we pray, we are praying to this God who's, who, all, who can do all things. This God who has amazing power. This God who, who hears our prayers. And there's power in that. Perhaps though today you're struggling with prayer because you recognize that you don't know this God to whom you pray. You have not experienced the power of prayer because you've not come to know the only God capable of answering our prayers. I want to share some good news with you today. In our text, verse 16, James says this. He says, the power, the prayer of a righteous person has great power. See, the Bible tells us that God is righteous. Psalms 7 verse 11. And then it, says, it tells us that we're not righteous, but we're sinners. Romans 3.23, that we fall short of the glory of God. Now that's not the good news. But the good news is this, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 tells us, For God made who? Made Christ. God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering of, for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The gospel, the good news. For God, there is a God, there is a creator, there is a powerful being, there is a God, and he made Christ, who never sinned. Jesus came down, never sinned on earth, gone through every trial, every trial, every temptation, every obstacle, every burden, experienced pain, experienced loss, experienced suffering, but he's never, he never sinned. And he died on the cross for you and I. He paid the full price. God, in, a, in an amazing way. In an amazing way, remained, uh, found a way to, 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 to remain a perfect and just God, a, just, a perfect judge and yet a loving God as he sent his son to die on the cross. And Jesus, paying the full price for our sins, rose three days later from the grave. Proving victorious that sin is not going to hold them down. That no amount of suffering you and I go through is not going to hold us down. That no amount of loss that we go through here on earth is not going to stay with us forever. But there is victory over sin and there is victory over death. And hallelujah that God has rose again and that God lives again. And we will live with them for eternity. If you just confess with your mouth and you pray that Jesus, you are Lord and you are Savior. And I believe in my heart that you raised them, God, from the dead. The Bible says, then you will be saved. Then you will be saved. Brothers and sisters, let us pray because we understand that life is war. Let us pray for one another because we understand that life cannot be done alone and that's not God's plan. And let us continue to pray. Fervent prayer. Let's pray with power. Let's pray with intensity. Let's continue to to go to God, not because we are thinking that we can muster up the right words, not because we think there's power in ourselves, but we understand that there's power in God, that God is able, that God answers our prayers. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray for one another and let's pray fervent prayers. Amen. Let me pray for you guys. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, God. You are mighty God. You are creator. And yet, Lord God, in this room right now, there's a precious son and a precious daughter that you created, that you put detail in, that you love. God, that's me as well. That's every one of us here. And you look at us as your son and as your daughter. And you have not distanced yourself from us, God. But you're here and you're present. And you are a God, just like a father, you are our father who loves each one of his children dearly. And you desire relationship, you desire communication, God, and you allow us to approach you as a son, as a daughter, as a child approaches their father. God, that you remind us, Father, that you reminded me, Lord, God, as my daughters, when they were young, and they come and they speak to me. God, I don't get angry at them if they're not speaking in complete sentences. They're not at that level yet. But, God, you, you actually take joy that, man, you're speaking to me. You're coming, and I, I want this. I, I love this. Thank you. Yeah, this is, this is life. This is bringing me some, God, you, you, you have that. You love us, Father. You want us to come and speak to you just as a little child. And God, yes, as we grow older, Lord, our conversations with you will grow. God, and that's what your desire is. But Lord, I thank you that you are a father that doesn't call us to get things right, to speak and forget the, the, the words and the, the theology first. And That's not what you call us, God. you just first saying, come, come, my, my son, my daughter, come and speak to your father. Speak to me. Let's talk. So God, thank you for the reminder that we have an awesome weapon in prayer. We have an awesome privilege to pray, God. Remind us to pray in tough times, Lord. Thank you for a church, for brothers and sisters here that we can come to and pray for one another. God, Help us, Lord, as a church, as Swerve Church. May we be a church that prays, God. That prays, that doesn't rely on ourselves, that don't live isolated lives. But God, we would truly be a church. We would be a body that cares for one another, that loves one another. Now, right now, God, and we'll pray. We'll spend time with one another. We'll be concerned about one another. God, and I know that's not comfortable for me. I'm not, I'm not that person. Maybe someone here, God, is, that's exactly, they don't feel comfortable exactly with that. But, God, help us to realize that um, it's like a family, and we are a family, and it might be tough. But, that God, we would just feel comfortable with one another to come and pray with one another and share. God, because we know that you are the God who answers the prayers, and you are powerful. And so let us continue to push forward in prayer, no matter the circumstances that we are going through today, what we'll face tomorrow, that we would pray that we will pray. Father, thank you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We love you. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.